Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99 at participating U.S. restaurants. Price may vary. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. And right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM, Fight Nation, Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer Bully Ray and I discuss another sellout when it comes to all elite wrestling. The biggest tournament every year in wrestling takes shape, and we'll kick off our preview of WWE Stomping Grounds with one of the top matches on the card. AEW returns to the place where it all started this August for All Out in Chicago. Tickets went on sale this Friday, and it was another almost instant sellout. We discuss what AEW is doing right as ticket sales are seemingly down for all other promotions. New Japan Pro Wrestling's G1 Climax Tournament will kick off in Dallas this July. We'll discuss the A and B blocks, as well as two big matches for the tournament's debut in the United States. Plus, Baron Corbin will pick the special guest referee for his Universal Championship rematch with Seth Rollins at Stomping Ground. Could the Beast Incarnate fill that role? All that right now on the Busted Open Podcast. Big news coming out of this weekend, Bully, and it happened almost immediately after we signed off on Friday. And that's uh, all out, selling out, in just under 15 minutes. And Alex Metz and I were kind of discussing during one of the breaks on our show Friday, how much time do you think it would take for them to sell out? And we got the answer roughly at 12.15 in the afternoon on Friday. Another sellout for AEW, Bully. Are you shocked? I'm not shocked. Uh, But again, record time. And... You know, we've almost become accustomed to this taking place, but Bully, you know, I like to dip in, and it wasn't even that long ago. It was, what, roughly 10 months ago, a year ago, that we were talking about if the first all-in was going to sell out. You know, never was there an event like that, that size in pro wrestling outside of the WWE in quite some time, and they sold it out. And now it's become a common occurrence. You know, we see All In sell out. We see uh, the G1 Supercard with New Japan Ring of Honor sell out at Madison Square Garden, double or nothing, and now All Out selling out. It seems the word or the term sellout is happening outside the WWE more often than not, and especially when you never saw it for almost two decades before it started happening last September. You know, the th- and, I, and I agree with you. Um, the thing about uh, All Out being sold out is, yes, it, it, it's definitely a big deal to be able to do it in 15 minutes. It, um, it reminds you of how great 
the relationship is between the fan base of AEW and the company of AEW. You can see the establishment of a very loyal fan base, which is obviously job one. You want your fans on board every step of the way. Selling out Chicago for the second time is a is a big deal, but I, I'm not. It's not like earth shattering to me. I mean, we could pretty much assume that eleven the eleven thousand five hundred people that went to All In got tickets for All Out, and if a couple of people that went to All In aren't going to All Out, there was more than enough people to get those tickets. So, although, like I said. Big deal. I'm not shocked. I'm not blown away. It's kind of expected. Um, it's Chicago. I mean, did, I don't think any of us um, would have thought that they wouldn't have sold out. I agree. But I think the big telling number, Bully, is the fact that there was an estimated 70,000 people in line to purchase tickets for All Out. So when you see those kind of numbers, because now you're talking into the 60 and 70,000s, plus the people were actually able to get tickets. So maybe even roughly 80,000 people that were in line to buy tickets for that show. It's, it's, it's an astounding figure just based on what we were seeing you know, over a year ago in the landscape of pro wrestling outside of the WWE. You never saw numbers like this. So to see that kind of a number for an event outside of WWE, for an event not called WrestleMania in the States, I think that's very, very telling about what's going on with pro wrestling right now. So so instead of selling out the Sears Center with the amount of people that were in line waiting for tickets, they could have probably sold out Soldier Field. Yeah. They could have probably went into the stadium that the Chicago Bears played in and sold that place out with the amount of people waiting for tickets. Because you could just imagine every, every one person that's waiting for a ticket wants at least two. Nobody's buying a ticket for themselves. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a big deal. And it, and it goes to show you what kind of a path AEW is on. So, like, I'm, I wasn't shocked. Well, I, I think we were all shocked that All In sold out so quickly. Obviously, double and nothing, no shock there. All out, no shock there. Let me ask you this, though, Dave. It seems like everything that AEW touches right now is turning to gold. However, are shows like Fighter Fest and Fight for the Fallen, the ones that are taking place in Daytona Beach and in Jacksonville, are those shows, shows sold out yet? I have to I have to check. I mean, I know those are, are shows on, on a lesser scale. But see, uh, but how, that... do you, how do you say AEW and lesser scale right now? When you're the hottest thing going, there is no lesser scale. Okay. Would you say that's the equivalent of like a live event with the WWE, so to speak, for something like that? But here's the thing. If it was a live event, if it was a, a, a closed door event, no matter what kind of event, we've seen everything that AEW has done right now, mm-hmm. sells out immediately. I'm just curious why the the, uh, the Fighter Fest in Daytona and Fight for the Fallen in Jacksonville, which are smaller venue shows, how come those haven't sold out yet? Like, you're getting the same talent on those shows that you're getting on All Out. How come the demand for those shows aren't, isn't through the roof? Like, there's got to be a reason why. Is there anybody on, like, I mean, like, on one of the shows you're getting Cody and Dustin versus the Bucks, correct? Yes. That's not at all out, is it? No, it's not. 
Right. That, so that how, matches that fight for the fall. Yeah. Fight for yeah, the fall. So I, that's what I'm curious about. Right. Right now they're doing so well. No matter where they go, they sell out. They sell out in record time. They're you know they're everybody's talking about AEW. They're on the you know the hottest thing in wrestling right now. But they got two shows going on in Florida. Yes. Neither one of them are sold out yet. I'm sure they're really close. Where I'd at least be interested to see how many tickets have been sold. I'm just curious why those have not sold And those out. two shows are like within two weeks of one another. You know, one in Daytona Beach and one in Jacksonville. Alex Metz, our producer, do we have any updates about ticket sales for those two shows? Fighter Fest is basically sold out. There's like a handful of lower-level tickets. I mean handful. Like we're talking like maybe 10 to 15 lower-level tickets. And then some sparse tickets up in the top top rows. But besides that, I, I would you could pretty much call Fighter Fest sold out at this point. Okay. Um, fight for the Fallen. Um, there's a lot of resale tickets available on Ticketmaster right now. So basically, you can go to Ticketmaster. Also, now kind of works like StubHub. You can go on, purchase your tickets directly from the source, and if you want to sell them, you can actually put them back on Ticketmaster at a resale price. Um, but there are some other tickets um, in sort of the terrace section of this building that have not been sold yet. But um, this one looks like it most likely will be deemed a sellout once we get that close, but um, there's a little bit more tickets available for Fight for the Fallen than Fighter Fest at this point. And you know what? It could be location, LaGreca. Yeah. Know? I mean, the Daytona show, that, that Ocean Center is a, great, is a great venue for wrestling. Obviously, that's where Hogan, you know, uh, turned and joined the NWO. It's a historic wrestling building. Um, it's going to be in conjunction with, I guess, the whole video game community. And the and the wrestling show. This was, I believe, Kenny's idea. So uh, it's good to hear that that's close to sold out. I, I just think maybe Jacksonville, not so much of a hotbed for pro wrestling, not necessarily a destination place to go. Uh, obviously, places like Chicago and Vegas, ultimate destination cities, you know, for wrestling. Maybe Vegas, not so much, but it's still going to Las Vegas. Yeah. A million things to do. So. Um, that's good to know that at least the Daytona show is as close to sold out as it, possible. Yeah, and Fighter Fest is roughly about 12 days away, and then Fight for the Fallen is almost a month away. So there still is time to sell those tickets. I'm sure, like you said, Bully, by the time we get to those events, they will either be sold out or close to being sold out. But it's a good point by you. With AEW as, as hot as it is right now, you know, you would think that everything they touch is gold. And when you look at their big events, obviously double or nothing, and now what we're seeing with All Out, I mean, instant sellouts and, and a, you know, a line of people trying to get tickets. And it's going to be interesting to see, Bully, what happens once the, the show starts. Uh, well, is the shine going to be a little off? Is it going to get bigger? Because you would think that once it's on TV, the exposure is going to be bigger. So it's going to be interesting what happens with this company once we get to the fall. I, I think that All Out will be very indicative of what's going to happen that first week of TV for AEW, um, especially if another name gets added to the mix. Um, th there's Obviously, there's so much rumblings about it being Chicago and what if Punk shows up. Um, I mean, even with the crew they have now, they, got, you know, they, they have a heavy hitter uh, crew right now who have a coolness factor mm -hmm. that comes around every once in a while in pro wrestling. No other company has the coolness factor that AEW does. Everybody wants to jump on the AEW bandwagon, and rightfully so, because it's a fun product. Whether you're watching one of their pay-per-views or whether you're watching Being the Elite, 
you're enjoying yourself. It's also an alternative. I think a lot of the AEW fanfare is because people have just been begging for an alternative to the WWE. Now, they've gotten an alternative to the WWE. They've gotten Ring of Honor. They've gotten New Japan. They've got Impact. But this is a huge alternative that will now be airing on TV that reminds people of the Monday Night Wars. Even though it's not going to be a Monday Night War, it's as close to it as possible. And I believe that there are fans out there that want to see the WWE taken down in one way, shape, or form. I don't know why they would want to see that, but I believe they believe that. I, I agree with that, Bully. I really do. I think there is a big portion of fans that want to see the WWE taken out, and I think there's a big portion of fans that want the WWE to get a kick in the ass. And I think whether you, if you believe that AEW is competition or not, you would at least hope that with these sellouts, with the show starting in the fall, that maybe that might be a kick in the pants that the WWE needs right now. Well, the one thing that I've told you on this show forever is that Vince McMahon is at his best when he has a goal, when there's some type of competition, especially when there's competition. Mm -hmm. Vince loves to get himself into a good old fight, and he hasn't had a fight in a long time. And just recently, he has lost some battles that he hasn't lost in a long time. He's losing financial battles. Let's take the one that is the most obvious. He lost one of his top stars, one of his A-level stars. He lost Dean Ambrose. To another company. When was the last time Vince McMahon lost a talent to another company based on money? You're going to have to go back decades to WCW. Yeah. I mean, they didn't lose Cody based on money. They didn't lose the Bucks based on money. I mean, there were offers on the table to the Bucks and Cody. Okay. But Dean was there. He was, he, he was, he, he, he had tenure there. Uh, when you know, he could have stayed there as long as he wanted. I mean, his wife is there. Things were, you know, as far as WWE is concerned, Dean could probably have done no wrong, but he decided to up and leave. Why? Because of a competitive amount of money, and not since Eric Bischoff has come along has Vince McMahon had to do that. And Tony Khan is the new Eric Bischoff when it comes to money. And he didn't like the creative process, and he went public with some of those things about the creative process as well. Like what you're hearing? Catch Busted Open live weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156 or on demand with the Sirius XM app. This was something that you just wouldn't have seen even just a couple of years ago in the world of pro wrestling. The fact that we're talking about All Out, an event, of 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 a of an organization that as hasn't even started their TV show yet, selling out in 15 minutes, and then the WWE has a pay per view this weekend, and they're struggling to sell tickets. Yeah, you kind of have to make the comparison. And right now, the WWE is str struggling. It's struggling in the ratings, and obviously, it's struggling with their live events. And now they're struggling with their pay per views. Um, I guess struggling is a good word because we've never really seen them taking steps back on the surface. They're taking steps back in the ratings on the surface. They're taking steps back at stomping ground with tickets still being available. I believe they've been taking steps back in the fans eyes for a long time mm -hmm. with their, with creative. I don't know if they've been taking steps back financially though. At the end of the day, we don't sit in the boardroom. We don't know the amount of money that's being made. Um, 
I, I can tell you this, and you know, it was out there this weekend. WWE is making sure um, that they do everything possible not to take steps backward perception-wise. Um, I believe it was announced this weekend that uh, Mike and Maria Kanellis signed new deals with the WWE for five years. Wow. Now, now to put that in perspective, it's like if they're going to invest in Mike and Maria for five years, that's pretty telling about how they're not going to let anybody go. And this has nothing to do with Mike and Maria as people. It has to do with them as talents. And they haven't really done anything with Mike and Maria, right? No, they haven't. I mean, as, as, as far as Mike being out there on 205 Live sporadically, I, from a performer point of view, I'm not quite sure why I'm investing in anybody for five years, let alone two people for five years. But I think it's very telling about the WWE and the perception that they don't want out there. They don't want to lose anybody right now. And, and thus, they're giving talents like Mike and Maria five-year deals. I mean, we, we, we heard rumors that they offered the revival, you know, some big money deals for even three to five years. So talents that are definitively underutilized are getting ungodly contracts just so WWE can kind of, you know, put band-aids on the cracks in the wall when it comes to perception. Yeah, and then there's also and there's and there's been reports of this for a while now, bully about a lot of WWE talent and even talent within NXT that are looking into options outside of the WWE, obviously AEW being the top on the list. So, you can you, there's both sides to the argument. But like you just said, the WWE has the money. Like in the world of Major League Baseball, it's the New York Yankees. They have enough money where they can throw it at anybody, even if it's somebody that they're not going to use so they don't go and move on to someplace else. And the WWE is in that position right now. Yeah. And like I said, you take a talent like Mike and Maria. Over the past, let's say, one, two, three years, have they really done anything with them? So based on the way they have used them, how come they're getting brand new five-year contracts? It doesn't. It, the only reason why I see right now, like you said, this is not a knock on on those. On, not at on, all. Because they're very, very good talent. But it does seem like a Band-Aid right now, Bully. They don't want anybody leaving the company because... This goes all back goes back to the crack in the mm-hmm. wall theory, Dave. The more cracks there are. And lots of people want out right now. You hear scuttlebutt, whether it's on dirt sheets or you hear scuttlebutt amongst the guys talking back and forth with one another. And unfortunately in wrestling, um, a lot of performers think the grass is greener on the other side. The minute that they hear that somebody has money, they always want to run. And, you know... Instead of thinking that the grass is greener on the other side, why don't you take a moment to appreciate the green grass that you have under your feet right now? And there are a lot of performers who have some really green grass underneath their feet in the WWE, and I'm not saying that creatively. I'm saying financially. And AEW is not going to take every single person. It almost seems like there's a, a... there's a mentality out there amongst wrestlers that, okay, I'm going to wait it out or I'm going to jump ship and I'm going right to AEW. They have a budget. 
The Khan family is very smart with the way they do business. I'm sure that they're at their budget limits right now, unless a unique opportunity, unless a CM Punk or a Daniel Bryan or an AJ Styles comes along. They're not just going to take anybody and everybody. And that's the thing, too. They already have a pretty big roster. So I think in, in a lot of terms, like you just said, Bully, they're probably set for the fall and obviously for the events they're having until the fall. So I think unless it's a really big name, they probably are like, Hey, you know, we're good. There might be room for maybe one, maybe two big names that they may want. But other than that, I think they have their roster pretty well set. If I'm AEW. And you know what? They probably have the money to spend it on anybody and everybody who they want, but then they would be going over budget. And I don't think a company like AEW that's just starting off wants to go over budget. I think they want to stick to their guns and, you know, stick to the money. This way, every everything makes dollars and cents. You don't want to come out of AEW in your first year going, oh, my God, look how much money we lost just because we went over budget, just because we got greedy and tried to take everybody on board. And that's what people in the WWE have to realize. They're not going to have a place to go. If they, not everybody's going to have a place to go if they leave. So appreciate the green grass that you have under your feet in the WWE and do the best you can. I know that there was an interview recently. One, one, of, the, one of the veterans from the locker room talked about how uh, guys and gals in the WWE need to stop complaining and just go out there and get over. And we've had this conversation many times on the show, Dave. Mm -hmm. Getting over in the WWE is almost impossible these days unless you're chosen to get over. Back in the day, if you can get yourself over, creative would write for you. Now you have to be chosen by creative to get over. I witnessed I witnessed guys go out there every single night just three years ago. I witnessed Dolph and guys like The Miz who were destroying it three years ago who only recently got a taste of the action again. Unless they choose you, unless you're the chosen one, unless they want you to get over, you could go out there and have the best match on every house show, every live event, every pay-per-view. Unless they have something definitive for you, it ain't happening. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music, plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. A lot of people think you need a car to enjoy SiriusXM, but you don't. You can listen outside the car. Right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Just go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. You can listen on your phone, at home, and online. That's SiriusXM.com busted. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. The New Japan G1 Climax 29 blocks were announced. Obviously, night number one is in Dallas. We talk about slow ticket sales. The sales were pretty slow for the G1 in Dallas. But I think things are going to start picking up because it's going to be headlined with Okada and Tanahashi and Ibushi versus Kenta. So I'm sure, Bully, that's going to improve ticket sales. And again, we're still a few weeks out before that event. When were those two matches uh, announced? This morning. Okay, so it'll be interesting to see what happens within the next 24 hours. Yeah, I'm really, really interested. Alex, I'm sorry, I'm having trouble uh, pulling it up. Do you have the blocks for the G1 right now? Uh, Yeah, give me one sec. Okay, I'm going to give him a second because, you know, this is a big deal. And I think, and I watched it, they had two hours of Dominion on access this past Friday. So, again, I we've talked about it, Bully. New Japan kind of got lost in the sauce, but I think since the Garden Show, things are starting to pick up a little bit. 
for New Japan, I, I don't think New Japan has ever, you know, taken a step backwards. I think that they're struggling a little bit in the U.S. markets. Hopefully these, um, these additions to their shows will pop the house, so to speak. But what if they don't? Um, that's a good question. In Dallas, Dallas is a, is a pretty big wrestling market. Um, is Moxley on the show? Uh, for, I mean, as of right now, I'm going to say no. So if you're unfamiliar with how the G1 Climax works, each show, uh, a, bl- a block of the tournament gets a night. So it's like, you know, you'll have a bunch of A block matches mm-hmm. on one night, and then the following night you'll have the B block matches. So they do two shows in the same town for the most part. Um, there's only one night in Dallas. It is A block matches. Moxley is in the B block. Um, the only matches announced so far are the A block matches for that event, but I would be shocked if he didn't end up somewhere on, you know, possibly some of the non-tournament matches on that night. Okay, you know so what I mean? I get it. So but, but those, you have those haven't do. been ma- uh, announced yet. And here's what you have to do. If, if they announce these two big matches for the Dallas market and ticket st- sales are still soft, that's when I think you have to announce Moxley is going to be at these, this show. Because you're going to need somebody that that American fans truly know and can relate to. You got to think about it. How much of the New Japan fan base is in Dallas, Texas? How much of the New Japan fan base is in Texas? How much of the New Japan fan base is willing to travel to Texas for an A Block G1 Climax show? All of these factors come into pl- come into play with why their ticket sales right now aren't exactly where they want them to be. Yeah, and it makes sense because you really did a great job of breaking it down, Bully. How much, you know, like if this show was in New York, I think it would probably be sold out by now. But being in Dallas, Texas, like you said, how much is there a of a, a demand to see New Japan wrestling in Dallas, Texas? Then you said Texas, and then are people gonna are people gonna travel? And now you're looking at the summertime. There's a lot of events. Obviously, at the end of August, you have All Out. In the beginning of August, you have SummerSlam. You know those those are events that obviously people are gonna are gonna travel for. Are they gonna travel for? You know, New Japan. I guess only time will tell, and we'll see if these matches that now have been announced are going to drive ticket sales. Maybe this is a discussion that we need to have by the end of this week to see if there's been any improvement with ticket sales. How big is the venue? I know. know? So they're playing at uh, American Airlines Arena, which is where the da- where the Dallas Mavericks play. Yeah, it's a big freaking building. It's a it's big, a big building, building, but I think, if I'm not mistaken, Alex, they are kind of like blocking off some of the sections in that arena. Well, yeah, th- I believe they're not doing anything in the top, top bowl. It's all like the middle section, the lower bowl, and the floor. Um, and you would have to think the reason this venue was selected has to do with it, Access TV's ties to the Dallas Mavericks with Mark Cuban. That That's probably why they're having this. Okay, so, so let's be as fair as possible to them and, and, and analyze it honestly. How many tickets are available for the show? Are they selling 5,000 seats? Are they selling 10,000 seats? What is the building scaled to? Do we know? That information I don't believe is available. Do we know how many tickets they've sold? I can look on Ticketmaster and tell you what they have left. Yeah, Give me that, one that, that's all. So my, my point is this, Dave, and, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm pretty positive that you agree. You, they, New Japan wants to make an impression in the American market, right? Yes. This is a pretty big show. Is this as big of a show as New Japan has run in the U.S.? 
I would say yes. Because it's the G1, it's yep. the G1 climax. Yep. Okay. On their so, own too, because you, to be fair, what they did at Madison Square Garden was with Ring of Honor. So and and the stuff the stuff that they did out on the West Coast was with Ring of Honor talents also, right? Uh yeah. Uh, was the I think the Cow Palace show though was strictly a New Japan show. If okay. I if I'm yeah, it was strictly a New Japan show. So. In a situation like this, where New Japan is running on its own, and you know, you they want to create a good perception for themselves <clears throat> in the U.S. market, all hands on deck. You do whatever you have to do. They already added two big matches with big names. If that is not helping, now you have to bring in your biggest gun, and I think the biggest gun in the U.S. market for New Japan right now is Moxley. I agree. And pro- you you need to have that that type of a talent if you're afraid that it's not going to sell out. Like what you're hearing? Catch Busted Open live weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation Channel 156 or on demand with the SiriusXM app. We're going to find out tonight who's going to be the special guest referee for his match against Seth Rollins for the Universal Champion. And Baron Corbin is going to choose who the special guest referee is going to be. So let me ask you, Bully, any guesses on who the special guest referee could be? Um, Before I take a guess, I want to know, like, here's a storyline point. Here's the connecting of the dots. Who empowered Baron Corbin to make this decision? Well, I'm guessing it's dating back to the match that took place last week where um, Seth Rollins lost by DQ, and I'm sure Shane McMahon, and, you know, they, they're they Baron Corbin happy. But but here's, here's my point. Who's in charge of Raw and SmackDown? The P- well, if you listen to the McMahons, it's the WWE Universe, but that's a lie. Okay, but but we, it, it's Hunter... It's Stephanie, it's it's Shane, and it's Vince, right? Those are the people that are in charge. They took back control of Raw and SmackDown like four months ago, right? Yes. So who empowered Baron Corbin to choose the referee of the match? Ooh. This is the connecting of the dots that, that, that pisses me off. Well, Alex Metz actually did some research. Knowing that we were going to be talking about this today, he did some research, and so Alex Metz explained to Bully... And everybody else. What the story is. How did it lead to Baron Corbin getting to choose who the special guest referee is going to be in his Universal Championship match at Stomping Grounds? The long and the short of it is there is no explanation. Okay. So if you go to WWE.com every Monday, they have a page where you can go to where they give the preview of what's coming up on Raw tonight. Right here on the front page. Who will be Baron? Who will Baron Corbin choose as special guest referee? The explanation. Baron Corbin gets to select a special guest official for his Universal Championship match on Sunday against Seth Rollins at Stomping Grounds. And he'll reveal that decision live on Raw. Stomping, stomping. Grounds. That's all that, that's all that it is. So my point is this. What would, it, would it have been so difficult to, to, to put out a social media video on the WWE's Twitter with Stephanie or somebody just saying this Monday night on Raw, Baron, we are empowering Baron Corbin and we're allowing Baron Corbin to choose who the special guest referee is. 
Like, wh- how is that so difficult? I, I got to go back. There has to be. Because, come Dave, on, Dave, you're Wally. not getting the point. No. You're trying to connect two dots without the dot in the middle. But yeah, we- you could go back and you could find the answer, but we need to be told as an audience why he's being allowed to choose the referee. But, Bully, the WWE always connects the dots. There's always continuity from storyline to storyline. There's got to be an explanation here. You can't just have here. a wrestler picking the special guest referee without telling Telling us why he's allowed to, so he's he's allowed to pick the special guest referee for um, for a match between him and the world heavyweight champion, I the universal champion. This has to be tied. And in the with universal the match champion doesn't week. have any say in it. So, somebody is obviously trying to screw over the universal champion. So let's find out who it is. Somebody has to empower him. To me, that's a major major hole in the plot. Yeah, I got. I got. I'm trying to. I'm trying to remember from last week in the main event if if that was a stipulation for for the match that took place. Now, Sami Zayn was the special guest referee last week, and I believe Shane McMahon. Shane McMahon, you know, made the announcement that Sami Zayn was going to be the special guest referee last week. Correct. To get my point, Dave? I, I, of course I get your point. I'm trying to figure out. I'm trying to connect the dots here, Bully. It, I don't know my if this. My point is that, that uh, Alex. Sorry, I just, I think that, I mean, I don't know if this will help, but maybe this is a little bit something we can add to the puzzle here. So uh, WWE sent this tweet out uh, this late last night. According to Baron Corbin, WWE is living, or WWE Rollins, sorry, that's his handle. Seth Rollins is, quote, living on borrowed time. And this is the, uh, this is the clip that he, that he put out there. Seth, you know, you're living on borrowed time, pal. Tomorrow night, I choose my referee. It's a fair game. In a fair game, you got no chance. So Baron Corbin, the heel, believes adding a referee of his choosing makes it a fair game somehow. Mm. Yeah, that helps not. Is this just a way, once again, to try to make Seth Rollins a sympathetic figure to make him the underdog to get the fans behind him? Because you know if, I... that's the, if, that's, if this is the way they're going about it, I don't think it's going to work. If you want to make if you want to make uh, the match interesting, who's the most obvious choice for the special guest referee? I think it should be Brock Lesnar. Ding, ding, ding! Circle gets the square. Johnny, tell him what he's won. Dave Lagreca, you've won a year's supply of Dinty More Beef Stew. I always thought it was turtle wax. That's usually what you got. Turtle, turtle wax, wax is big too. Yes, and ramen noodles. Yeah. Oh yeah. But if you were in college, that would have been the jackpot. Yeah, so Brock Lesnar is a special guest referee. If I could see Brock Lesnar holding up a beatbox and, you know, dancing around, I could see Brock Lesnar as a referee. That's intriguing because you never know what's going to happen. At any given moment, Brock could cash in. I mean, that would be – here's the thing. You had Sami Zayn last week. If it's like Kevin Owens, then it feels like what we just saw last week. If you're if you're touting this and it's for a pay-per-view match, it's got to be somebody big. And if it's Brock Lesnar, what is that going to lead to? And would Baron uh, and let all right, and let's think of it logically. For, let's forget about why people would want to buy a pay per view or subscribe to the network to see this. But let's think logically for a second, which at times, will you know, is tough to do. Why would why would Baron Corbin of all people have Brock Lesnar be the special guest referee? Now I I agree with you. I think it should be Brock. But why would Baron Corbin want Brock 
to beat a special guest referee. No idea. Probably wouldn't. It would not make sense within storyline for Baron to want Brock. Like Baron's not going to sit there and go, hmm, who should it be? Who should it be? It should be Brock. Because Baron's not stupid enough to think that Brock wouldn't turn on him in a heartbeat. Of course. Well, uh, I'll, uh, I'll hire Brock, and then after I beat Seth, Brock won't try to cash in on me because I hired him to be the referee. It's, you know. But that I don't believe that's the logic. The logic is who can we put the referee shirt on that will make people want to turn in just because of the morbid what's going to happen factor. And the is other that th- a sheer, sheer, um, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Whatever. <laughs> and a sheer whatever. <laughs> you know what, though? But it sheer can- speculation. Okay. It it can't be either Sammy or Kevin Owens. Now, I know Sammy and Kevin, for whatever reason, become chummy-chummy with Baron Corbin out of nowhere. But okay, you had Sammy Zayn last week. Kevin Owens is always by his side. So maybe logic will dictate it's Kevin Owens. But honestly, Seth has gotten the best of Baron, Kevin, and Sammy lately. So if... If Kevin Owens is named the special guest referee for this match, it doesn't add anything to for me. So you're you're a fan right now. If, if Baron Corbin comes out and he says that Sami Zayn is the special guest referee, are you interested? No. Kevin Owens? No. Brock? Yes. There you go. But again, logically, it doesn't make any sense. And maybe at times I can't think of things logically. And honest to God, like, you're so right. And Alex Metz playing that clip that's, uh, you know, running on social media that was on WWE.com, that doesn't explain anything to me. Why does Baron Corbin, who was a GM that they knocked, that they kicked out of being the general manager, is now making decisions on who the referee is going to be in a universal championship match? That makes no sense to me. Listen. I don't mind Baron Corbin having the opportunity to make the decision as long as I know who empowered him. Do one of the McMahons have it in for Seth Rollins? They all do for one reason or another. I mean, okay. it go, you could date back years as why the McMahon family would have beef with Seth. I mean, think about the match at WrestleMania between Seth and Triple H. And, you know, Seth knocking into, you know, uh, Triple H knocking into Stephanie and going through a table. But you have to go way back and remind people of that, Dave. You're going so far back. The attention span of most fans is not, is not doesn't go that far back. It's week-to-week booking. So tell me which one of the McMahons would put Baron Corbin in charge of choosing a referee. It makes no sense. And it's, it, it's just a dot that is not connected. It's a universal championship match. And the challenger just gets to choose the referee. It's it's and again, maybe my memory is mistaking me. It's got to it's got to come back to what happened last week in the match last week. I'm just trying to remember, and, and maybe somebody could refresh my memory. Was there a special stipulation in that match that if Seth didn't win, that Baron gets to gets to pick the the referee for the match? You know, at Stomping Ground. You don't remember that. I don't remember that. Alex doesn't remember that. Maybe a fan remembers that yeah let us know and and you know what it's sad that i can't remember that bully because i'm usually good at that stuff but you got to start adding a little um 
a little something to what's going to be taking place on Sunday. We mentioned there's not a lot of buzz around this pay-per-view. Ticket sales have been extremely slow for a WWE pay-per-view. Seth Rollins, Baron Corbin reeks of something what we just saw. I don't know, because we just saw it? Does this go back to to the match at Saudi? Maybe. Also, there's a fatal five-way match to determine who's going to face Samoa Joe for the U.S. Championship at Stopping Grounds as well. Plus, on tonight's Raw, Daniel Bryan is a wild card. So you'll see Daniel Bryan tonight on Monday Night Raw. Okay. Does that make you want to tune into Raw? I mean, Daniel Bryan is is a draw to me. So maybe that... I, yes. Where's his partner? Isn't he the tag team champions? Yes. Maybe. So why are we seeing him on his own? And maybe you'll see your own. Maybe you'll see him as well. I don't. I don't know. As of right now, all that's being advertised is that Daniel Bryan is a wild card. But yes, he is one half of the tag team champions. And as of right now, it only says Daniel Bryan, not the entire tag team. How come they haven't changed the uh, the tag team championships into the hemp championship that we wore, saw him wearing with the world ch- title? Maybe they're, that happens on Raw tonight. That they're still wearing cow leather, and I thought Daniel Bryan was against that. He is. Connected dots. Change one championship, you got to change the other. Alex Metz. So going back really quickly to Rollins and Corbin and the special guest referee. So I did a little digging. I went back to Super Showdown even to see if there was anything there. And that's kind of where all this started because he felt he was screwed out of that that uh, chant, that chance at the title by the referee there. So the next night on Raw, they start the show. Rollins is in the ring. Corbin comes out. And he had this to say. As my time as acting general manager of Monday Night Raw, I learned a few things. And today, I put those things to use. I've been in meetings all day long with WWE executives. And well, that WWE official is going to be severely punished. And well, you know the other detail. I get my rematch at Stomping Grounds. Uh, 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 but there is one more detail to make sure there's no mishaps or mistakes. We'll have a special guest referee. And well, because of my amazing negotiation skills, I get to handpick that official. So there you go. So because Baron Corbin lost to Seth Rollins at Super Showdown, that gives him the right to be able to pick out an official for his rematch that he really shouldn't get because he didn't deserve one at stomping grounds. And they wonder why ticket sales are slow. Sorry, man. That just doesn't make sense to me. You have 37 people on creative. You just hired four more and that's what you came up with. Sorry. Can't buy into it. Could have been, could have told a much better story. And that story could have been that he that he that that he com, that he used his negotiating power to show how he was screwed over at stomping grounds and made a case for himself. And because I was able to convince this WWE official, they agreed that I was screwed over, thus giving me my rematch and thus allowing to name my own referee so I could not be screwed over again. They could have went into some some kind of detail as opposed to just glossing it over. All right, so if I remember correctly, and please stop me if, if anyone remembers the match, Baron, Baron Corbin had the chair. He was going to use it on Seth Rollins. He went up to use. He went up to hit 
Seth Rollins with the chair. The referee grabbed the chair from Baron Corbin. Seth Rollins rolled him up and got the victory. So I'm guessing, and all the then the, after that was all the nonsense with Heyman tripping and Brock and 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 the cash in that never happened. So I'm guessing that Baron Corbin's bone the pick is the fact that he wasn't able to use that chair, you know, which he shouldn't be using in the first place. The referee stopped him from using the chair, distracted Baron Corbin enough that Seth Rollins got to roll up in the pit and thus now has the freedom to pick his own referee for the match at the pay-per-view on Sunday. And that story could have been told. I know it's illegal to use a chair, but it is my discretion whether or not I wanted to use the chair and get disqualified. The referee is not there to take a chair out of my hand. The referee is there to disqualify me if I use the chair. The referee is there to count if I use the chair. The referee is there to throw the match out if I use the chair, not to put his hand on a wrestler. And I presented my case in a way to that WWE official where I made them see my way. I made them see my point of view, and thus I have been granted my rematch. And not only have I been granted my rematch, I've been allowed to choose a referee of my choice. How's that, Dave? That's not, that's not bad. Now, it still doesn't make a lot of sense because why, if Baron Corbin was, if Baron Corbin was the champion here and said, hey, you know what, I wanted to use that chair to get disqualified so I could retain the title, but it doesn't make any sense he would use the chair to get disqualified. He's the challenger. It's his prerogative. I'm not telling you what I'm saying is perfect. I'm saying it makes a lot more sense than what they did. And that it's just like what a litigator does in court. They just change some words around and make, they try to make the jury see it from their perspective, no matter how wrong it may seem. The referee had no business taking that chair out of my hand. That referee could have disqualified me if I did use the chair. Thus, the referee took it upon himself to interfere in my match. Maybe I wanted to be disqualified. Maybe I didn't want to win the championship that night. Maybe I wanted to inflict pain on Seth Rollins. He could have said anything. And as far as I know, and it's a gr- and and I remember that matchup and great job by Alex playing that explanation the raw after super showdown because i honestly didn't remember it you know why because i don't think baron has talked about it since then like i don't remember anywhere in between that baron corbin or michael core anybody explained that Uh, dave as you said earlier a lot of the times things don't make sense i like them connect the dots i don't like giant holes in the story At the end of the day, is this really a giant hole in the story? Is it really going to matter? Because once they announce who the special guest referee is tonight, especially if it's Brock, nobody's going to, nobody's going to, um, uh, wonder why I will be wondering why he picked Brock though. And obviously the reason Brock is going to be kicked picked is because that's, what's going to bring eyes to the product. You're going to want uh, you, you're going to tune in just to see if Brock is going to cash in. Will Brock screw over Seth? And again, that wouldn't make any sense logically for Baron Corbin to pick pick Brock because again, why would he put himself in that disadvantage? Thanks for listening. Catch us weekdays on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. 
That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com/activecash.